Welcome, people of the world. It is Reap the Harvest Live. We've got the Vincent Brothers, the world-famous all-American heroes with us today. (laughs) We're going to kick into the intro, and we'll be right back with a historic Reap the Harvest Live on Friday. In oh. the mix, Vincent wow. Brothers with Matt Tack. How's it going, boys? That's how we do it, man. Uh, I'm better yeah. now. We I'm got it. Now, for sure. What's up, fellas? So, uh, yeah, we were talking to Pat. You had dive, dove in the other day. So happy to have you on. Um, super excited to talk with you guys. Um, I figured so I'm, I told you I'm a, uh, I'm a junkie for uh, self-development. Um, I know that you guys – you guys, uh, we don't develop anything, a lot of value and a lot of content. Um, and then I got a side hustle in real estate. Um, you guys, uh, you, what I love about you guys, and I'm just going to start it off is that you guys don't take yourself too seriously. Neither do I. Uh, so if that's what it's all about, man, just being, uh, doing and, uh, um, having fun while you're doing it. Um, so, um, but I love your business model, your business plan. Um, you guys actually came to my mind, I was, uh, I was like, I was flying probably, this is probably about a, about a month ago. I was flying, I got on the plane and I was thinking to myself and I'm like, dude, if this plane went down right now, my wife knows about maybe 10% of where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's probably a poor way to live. I was like, uh oh. And so I just told her with a life insurance policies real quick. And I was like, Hey, this plane goes down. I just want to let you know, at least where my life insurance policies are so you can go get them. But, um, that's how you get. You guys bring a lot of value to that front. Death. Everyone thinks of us at death time. That's, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> you uh, you never want to, you never want to get to the point where, uh, where yeah, you're about to die, and uh, then I, oh hey, I gotta, oh yeah, there's just shit tons of money all over the place, and and uh, I gotta get somebody to kind of pull that together for me. So uh, it's better to be proactive than reactive about that stuff, and that's what Vincent Esquire is all about. Um, so happy to have you guys. If you guys could just kind of give us a little briefing, I know you probably have done this a decent amount, but give us a briefing, kind of like where you started and kind of how you got here. How do you how did you come up with the model of Vincent Esquire? Esquire, how'd you guys come together? Um, Paul, I'll let you go first, and then uh, Adam, you can chime in too. Sure. Okay. Cool, man. Uh, thanks a lot for having us. This is fun. Um, yep. We like filling people's uh, feeds with nonsense, so uh, this would be better than what we usually do. But um, yeah, we're pumped to be here. So. Uh-huh. Um, Adam and I, you may uh, may know, uh, we're brothers and not married. And um, <laughs> we always kind of planned on uh, working together. So uh, almost five years ago, we had a buddy doing these weird real estate um, transactions in the tax lien space. And uh, and we've, we, we've been hugged by our mother far too many times. So we always thought we'd run our own show, um, overly confident. Um, and, and the opportunity came because uh, this buddy of mine, had a huge client buying like several hundred tax liens up where we live. And, and he's like, Hey, they might, they might close on this. If they do, you have any interest? You're like, yeah, sure. 
And I had been at my old firm for six or seven years. And um, he ended up calling like two months later. and was like, hey, it's a, it's a go. Like, how serious are you? And then Adam, who'd only been a lawyer for about a year at that point, you know, we spent about 20 minutes thinking about it. And then we're like, fuck it, let's do it. So, um, <laughs> so that's pretty much as much thought went into it right there. Yeah. And then um, uh, from there, we, we've been, you know, figuring out over the first five years, you know, you run your business, you're like desperate for X years and, and less desperate. And then now we're just a little desperate. And, um, but we, we refined a lot what we like doing and how we like helping people. And, and, and we're, we're where we are today. And I'll let Adam kind of take over from there. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, as far as starting the business, I'll just say, you know, one of the things um, that I think was helpful, although not necessarily planned, is, is just uh, having a real a preconceived notion about how, how our path would go. I think a lot of people get tied up on that. And, and then, you know, things don't work out or it's not fitting or working right or that sort of thing. When we became lawyers, we were at a general practice uh, place for a while, but we knew we didn't want to do that. That was the general idea. But, you know, as far as like where that would take us, um, you know, we, we, we figured we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as we go. So I, I was actually going to be a teacher. Um, and then Paul went to law school and I taught for a while. Um, uh, you guys remember if you, if you took a first year English class in college. Um, Sucked. The one you remember. <laughs> Um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, so I, I was doing that and I, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't all I wanted to do with my life. So I, I kind of said, Hey, it doesn't close all the doors. I can teach in law school if that's what I want to do. Uh, but I can get a little more practical experience and mm. help people more hands-on and that sort of thing. So, you know, and I didn't know anything about how law firms work or really that much about the law not at all. <laughs> before you get in. Yeah, but, uh, not at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we <laughs> town, didn't, didn't know lawyers or, you know, intern with any or anything like that. So anyway, yeah. kind of didn't really have a definite plan. Um, but anyway, it, it, it was, but I think that's a helpful mindset is just, you know, you're going to work hard. You're going to, you know, be malleable some way and, and adjust and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, keep your head down and, and figure it out. So, you know, I think that was helpful um, that, that, that not necessarily, like I said, by design, but I think that's one thing that's been helpful for us is being able to be willing to, to change course um, to pursue new things. So like real estate was how it kind of jumped off, but we've, we've kind of, we moved away from that foreclosure part of uh, law and are getting in more transactional and, and um, syndications and things like that. So some other things that, and, and part of that is just cause we, you know, we, we were curious and, we're looking for uh, any opportunities, and then when we saw good ones, we we chased them down, and 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 you know we've we've been able to, like Paul said, you know, kind of pick the stuff we like doing, and and uh, I think that's an important part of being happy in your job and being happy while you're helping people. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, my wife's actually an attorney. Uh, she's a oh, criminal. Oh God bless her. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Good for her. Criminal attorney. She represents guys like all of us. <laughs> that's right. I'm Me trying. tonight. <laughs> I'm trying to get her out though. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring her on the good side. So I, we've had we we've had some discussions. She's actually uh <laughs> we talked about this as I, I I'm a big believer in multiple sources of income, obviously, as of, probably you guys are. And uh I was like, I need somebody, I want somebody else to just sell my property so I can bring that to an app. All day. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, yeah. so I had her get her uh her real estate license too. So she's a realtor now too. And um trying to develop in uh, some of the transactional pieces but yeah it's been it's been fun but that's the kind of the um the cool thing about real estate um and law is that they they kind of that when they come together you when you come out of law school you kind of got to pick right it's probably and it's where you intern with or or who you intern with 
kind of and, and who is really kind of where you go. Um, she actually uh, did um, she did an internship with the DOJ. We lived in D.C. for a while and then ultimately uh, moved down to Florida uh, where she uh, now participates and is a staff attorney there. But um, real estate wasn't an option. It was for me. I kind of like that was my story. I just kind of gravitated. It was one day. It was a hard cutoff. And I went into uh, went into real estate. But um, I'm trying to kind of pull her on the good side, pull her within the, uh, the trends of the company. Uh, a couple of companies that I have uh, get more integrated. Uh, but uh, we can, she can be our Florida lawyer. We always need a good uh, Florida lawyer. So well, everybody uh, needs a good uh, lawyer. Yeah, uh, we're all we're always looking. She's <laughs> way she's way smarter than me too. So that'd be a good thing. Also, yeah, man. But I do need to talk about. So I was talking to Adam about this little pre-show. Had no idea. So I was talking. I was telling Pat. I was like, Hey, man, we got to get on the Vincent Brothers. It'd be good uh, to get on the show. And um, I, I think they bring a lot of value. Obviously, I've, I've seen uh, some of your content. I think I was an early adopter, maybe to one of your podcasts. Dude, you're the uh, first guy. You're the first guy that wasn't a family member that said they listened to our podcast. First admitted <laughs> listener. First yeah, admitted. first admitted. Yeah. I am a, I am a learner. In Tampa. You told, you told us in Tampa. That's cool. In What's that? In November, you told us in Tampa. Yeah, that was, uh, that was insane. I was like, dude, I remember those guys. Uh, <laughs> you, guys no, you guys bring out a lot of content, but I asked. I asked Pat, I'm like, um, we got to get them on. He's like, bro, they are the most all-American guys you possibly can. Dude, I didn't even know that there? was in your bio. Where's my flag? Like, it's, it's, thing. It's, like, it's like there's so much going on online, and we all talk about this. And it's just like guys like us, we, we, we focus on our niche, and we focus on growing our community and serving people and stuff like that. And, you know, we follow people that are like-minded. So it's like I actually – reduced mm -hmm. my friend count by like 2,500 people because yeah. I only want people that are fitting in that mindset. So anyone yeah. that I'm actually friends with on Facebook, it's like, I want that to go with the trajectory that I'm on. And that's towards success or towards goals or towards, you know, growth or, or whatever I need to be doing in a day. That's what I want coming across my newsfeed. And I think yeah. that the more we control, and I, I think that Mr. Dealmaker, Mr. DM calls that thought auditing. Like yep. if, if you're constantly being, um, you know, bombarded with good stuff and positive stuff and you're downloading great information, you're clearly going to have great thoughts and a positive outlook and a success mindset because that's what you're exposing yourself to constantly. And so I think that there's a lot behind that in whatever profession you're in, you want to be a famous viral comedian like Pat Hilton, or you want to be the best lawyer or a commercial real estate person. It doesn't matter if you're downloading the wrong information. It's just like a diet for your brain. If it's bad, you're going to have a uh, bad output at the same time. For sure. Yeah. I was yeah. actually just listening to uh, the compound effect um, uh, just yesterday. And in, in one of the things, one of the later chapters, that's exactly what he says is, having the positive things like cut out negative things and that aren't, aren't taking you to where you want to go. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that wants to get in your ear and you, you really have to be purposeful about it though, especially with technology in these days and ads and clicks and all that sort of thing. You gotta be purposeful about weeding out the screen time if it's not helpful and, and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So, so yeah, just to listen to that just yesterday, um, I think it's really important. Yeah, we were having, uh, I was having actually launched with a young man. Um, we're actually going to bring him on the team and, um, we're going to mentor him. He's actually going uh, to UF. He's going to their uh, master's uh, real estate business administration. So real good school. But um, I was telling him some of the, some of the similar things, but I wanted to ask you guys specifically a question because 
it's helped me out. I don't know if it's helped you out. And I'd love to kind of dialogue about that. But um, I always told myself I was never a runner, right? I'm like, oh, I don't like running. It's just not my thing. But what I found is that I'm, I'm a bit habit stacker. So when I get up in the morning, I go through my systems. And so I have I have about five different systems I go through before I hit, you know, six o'clock. Um, I'm trying to learn Spanish and there's a number of things. So I have Man, to be in. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I don't so know. There's a there's a certain <laughs> amount of systems, but running is one of them. So about every day, I run at least a mile, but I've incorporated about four miles of run. Um, throughout, That's great throughout the day. But so I, with two things there, right, that are in this. Number one, you guys were all American runners. No wonder why you're all American. Um, you guys were all American runners, uh, and uh, and then like, how has that developed? Maybe a, a cognitive mindset for you guys to develop and strengthen your business, or has it? Maybe it hasn't. Um, is that something kind of that brought um, some maybe systems in place and you running? Kind of running, I know, has uh, been a strength for me and really kind of given me a cognitive mindset. But uh, Adam, talk on that a little bit, maybe. Sure. Uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll go over to Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think biggest thing. Uh, you started it. I mean, the biggest, the best advice I got in running is just left foot, right foot, which is our high school kind of, kind of crusty high school coach is just like, just get out there and run and, and do it. And, and yeah, you build up strength and you eventually become something. But I do think uh, I look back and, and in college it was good, great because it was a, it was a, a schedule every day. We did it um, for a couple hours. And I think about like, if I didn't have running and, and, track and cross country, what would I have been doing with that time? Probably just wasting it as a, <laughs> a useless person. So at least I was, I was on a team. I was mm-hmm. pursuing some goals and doing some things. And the other thing I think is I, I and this is important that I, I, I now sometimes usually have an earpiece in like listen to a book or maybe some music, but back then I would run for a really long lot of time in a quiet, just thinking to myself about, about things, especially as a young person. Uh, I think that was a huge, a huge, a very valuable thing, very helpful thing as a young person spend so much time just on some back road in the middle of Ohio, <laughs> um, just, you know, with your thoughts and, and, yeah. uh, you know, I think that is a, a huge part, uh, a huge valuable thing, um, that you can get out of running, you know, so occasionally leave the headphones home. Um, when you're doing that I, is, is some good advice, I think for folks, but yeah, wow. no, it was, a, it was really, really a important part of, of growing up and where we, where we got to. What do you think, Paul? You know, it's funny you ask. Yeah. So uh, I think the the one big benefit that came out for me when I look back is it really raised my discomfort threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you can, you know, run fast or slow, any, any, any amount of miles more than you did the day before, like you are increasing your threshold of uncomfortable things. So for me, like I've like, yeah, if you, if you, if it's, you know, in Ohio, it gets down to negative 70,000 degrees and you got to go run 10 miles. Like if you can do that, right, you can go to a networking event and go meet a stranger or you can um, mm-hmm. or you can do some other kind of health focused activity. So for me, it just, I think, increased um, my ability to eat like hard things, crappy, you know, eat the eat the turd like um, Gary Vee always says. You got to do that for a while. And, and, and that that's probably been the biggest benefit is is mm-hmm. if you can if you can figure out how to deal with that discomfort you can figure out how to deal with anything and that goes with running but that goes with everything that's hard right it's like you know starting a business um looking mm-hmm. back now we were naive so it was a little easier back then but um <laughs> it, it would be a lot easier today than, than it was before just because we did take that left foot right foot got it rolling right. the, the, and i think another good analogy for that is getting on the damn internet and doing a live video 
um, like you're really bad. You're a really bad runner when you first start because everything's practice, mm-hmm. and you're and, and our videos are still really bad, but they're less bad than they were when you started, <laughs> like, like two years bad. ago. I love it. Yeah. Man. So you're it's just yourself. everything. Everything is practice, including uh-huh. running. Every and the same goes for starting a law firm or syndicating real estate or you know running mm-hmm. a running a podcast. So. That's super true. I was talking to somebody yesterday on a call and sometimes it's funny you mentioned that I'll be out walking and doing calls and stuff. And I'll find that sometimes in between I'll be walking for 25 minutes or 30 minutes and I've got like my AirPods in, but nothing's playing. I'm not really listening to anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm just thinking about stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's huge. You know, taking notes down. It's like sometimes that in between time, you don't even realize that it's quiet. I'm writing down notes or, or whatever I need to do for the day or goals or whatever, or I got this great idea. And it's, that usually happens during those like down times, those quiet times Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the session or whatever. So John John Maxwell, I have uh, in my phone from Zig Ziglar, but uh, it's called Ziggy time. I just put it at 9 PM but that's the reflection mode I try to go in. Um, but that's so important, right? Even when you're running, just kind of uh, just to hear your thoughts. Cause uh, a lot of times we're just running and uh, we, ne- you know, we'll put left foot, right foot. Um, but we, uh, we never sit and just really think of our thoughts and what's actually going yeah. through our mind. Um, but it, that's awesome. I, uh, I actually wanted to bring out to the, uh, the reflection point, but then also discomfort. I was thinking of this really in depth. Um, uh, when I actually had to go back to Michigan, we had to go, I had to go back for a set of apartments. We we're transitioning a property management company. And one thing I do for level of discomfort in the mornings is, uh, is cold showers. Um, so I take cold showers, no, in the morning, but, uh, <laughs> I take cold showers in Florida, which is a lot different cold showers in Michigan. Yeah, that's right. So yes. I turned on the water in, uh, in, in Michigan and my hands started turning purple. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm doing a uh what what's the dude uh uh it, like i did like a rick flair i'm like Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, like this big and cold yeah uh, man. Uh, uh but the level of discomfort is like that's important right just to, to i try to do that every morning as far as i i want to make sure i immediately get to a level of discomfort um so i got that that was a little tony robbins trait that he taught me get into get into some cold water uh, not for everybody. If you have underlying heart condition, don't have into a cold shower. Yeah, don't do that. Especially in Michigan or Ohio, where these guys are from. My, <laughs> yeah, my discomfort, yeah. my discomfort threshold in the morning is like whether I put cream in my coffee. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking. I'm not taking a cold shower. No way. Oh man. Yeah, so, a lot of people do rave about that though. I, I have seen that one yeah. uh, on Instagram a lot lately. Um, but hey, different stuff works for different people. It's it's doing something. I, yeah, I try to do right. like one percent more every day. Sometimes I have my backtracking days, but you know, for, for sure the that. most part, it's like where I'm at now. Like I got my own little studio and stuff. Five years ago, I was in the corner of a one bedroom apartment in California. We could barely afford the rent, and I was yeah, making sure. funny songs for Grant Cardone, trying to get on entrepreneur gigs for free. Yeah, it's awesome. Fortunately, people in this space, I call it the entrepreneur space, but you know, uh, are very responsive to someone who, like you said, is actually taking action. Well, at least mm-hmm. this guy's doing something. Let's share yeah. the video and see what people think. Let's give him the gig and, and see what people think. 
that's uh, that's how I met Gary V too. I'm glad you brought up Gary because I made a bunch of funny tunes for like Gary V's Instagram like six or seven years ago, and I ended up performing at a bunch of book release parties for him when the Ask Gary V book came out. Wow, really? Just because, dude, just because I awesome. took action and and yeah. made some funny tune for him, and he's like, "Dude, stop by the event, bring your speaker and jam." Yeah, I'm like, uh. Okay. There were like thousands of people were there to meet Gary Vee. I mean, it's, it's not like I was like, I wasn't the focus, but it was just a great in. Yeah. Yeah. And that well, comes from taking action. Yep. Well, one thing I think if, if you do this um, for long enough, and you stick to it long enough is you got to figure out how to, how to shuffle your way to the top. Right. So for you, right. it was super unique that you were, you even went live because nobody was mm -hmm. doing it back then. Now everybody's doing live. So then you got to, you know, you got to use a stream yard link and make it look right. nice. So it actually draws out. And, and it's going to be wild to seeing how, how different it gets, you know, uh, going forward. Totally. So I want to ask you guys just a, a few different questions. I want to ask you one entrepreneurship question, and then I want to dive real quick. And you can give us top three things that you would recommend to people um, before they die, right? Or <laughs> before they get to wow. uh, so, <laughs> Matt's um, really going to the Friday, bro. Um, with building on to that level of like kind of discomfort, um, I'll tell you right now, we've hit a couple hurdles and roadblocks of like significant deals um, that we expected about 100, 150 grand within our total uh, revenue pipeline uh, that a lot of it got taken away this week. And you're like, oh my gosh, Terry Summers said something. I quit yesterday, but then I remembered the purpose of what drives me. And I'm back into it. You know what yeah, I mean? As an entrepreneur, I, you know, we got, we got slammed. We had a, we're still trying to put it together, but we got hit with a $150 spread, $150,000 spread. And we're like, ah, how do we make this two lots, three lots? We're getting a survey. We're trying to put all these things together. Um, and then uh, we just got hit with another 10K beef. Somebody backed out of the contract and we're trying to get back in that. So you just get punched, right? Um, and uh, it's that Mike Tyson. What's that Mike Tyson quote? It's it's not everybody's a, got a plan till they get hit. Till they got yeah, hit. Right. Um, right. yeah. So uh, you know, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, I'm sure you guys went through some hurdles. Um, can you talk to a point, kind of like what you did? What, what you know, you fell into maybe some valleys or some obstacles, and how did you break through those? Um, and then ultimately, kind of where you are today. So, Paul, we'll let you start. Adam, you chime in, and then I'll uh, and then we'll head into the that second layer question. Uh, for me, you know, I think the mo one of the most important things in, in doing anything is um, setting expectations. So, uh, when we uh, first started, we fell into this giant, you know, lump of work and didn't really have to do much to get paid. And then that work eventually started drying up, and then we immediately saw like, holy cow! Um, we need to start marketing and networking and getting out there. So uh, we, we didn't um, one, we didn't know any better, but I, I think what's, what's important in, in getting in into a deep Valley or hitting up, you know, or heading up and doing things well is like setting expectations that one, the, the, the deep Valley isn't that deep and, and you'll, and you'll get through the other side, but two, you got to understand that it's going to take work to get out of that. And, and you have to figure out how to do that. So for me, I think set having, having reasonable expectations um, and, and trying to spend time figuring out what those are it is an important, important piece to um, doing things well and getting through the, the dog shit that inevitably happens like 150 K in a week. And that's, that's <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's funny you said expectations. That was the first word that came to my mind. Is in that your face. Because, uh, yeah, these guys apparently spend a lot of time together. Um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no, and, and, and just like setting those expectations is a real, yeah. real tough part and, and sticking to them also, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what Paul said, you start your business, yeah, and we were doing pretty well. And then and then when we did that big client we had started drying up, then, you know, we had to had to adjust and mm-hmm. you can get mad about that fact that that work started drying up or you can just move on and do what you need to do um and i think it's easy to get pulled away and how like start feeling like you you deserve something or you've worked so hard and uh you know no that, okay. how that changes things yeah no and when you when you stop and think about it it's like well why is that why should you expect that this is going to be easier or that you're not going to occasionally get a get a punch. I mean, it, it, it is it's disappointing, certainly, but the cost of doing business is there's always going to be problems that, that arise, unexpected stuff, you know, it, and, and that just, that's the nature of, of uh, business. And so you just have to be, have to have the right mindset. And, um, you know, it helps having partners involved that can kind of help you keep that positive mindset too and everything, you know, Paul and I talk through things all the time and that's, that's helpful to just have somebody else be like, well, what are you going to do about it? And then you're like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. And then, <laughs> you know, that's all awesome, that finding, not- finding a way to like pivot or adjust in those moments is important too. Right. Cause that that's okay. something I've run into is, you know, I started off in corporate audio out of college and then I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to be a performer. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out, well, how am I going to turn the skill into dollars? And that, yep. that, that's the biggest challenge for like artists and entertainers is yeah, how do I make money doing that. this, For sure, right. you know, or do I want to work at circuit city? I don't even think circuit city's around anymore. It's but not, it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> right. And so that's part of the lesson. You would have kept like, them open though, Pat. You would have kept it's them like no That's the safety of a, of a job. It works for some people in certain industries, but it's not, it's not as safe as we all thought it was. And I think that's been exposed over the last 10 or 15 years is that the the safety net of a, oh, well, if I just go get a job, I'll be okay. It, 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 I, that, that may work in certain categories, but not all categories. And so I think I expected that my skill could produce something bigger than just a job could. So I was willing to make the sacrifices long-term to make that happen. But I found that, you know, just music or just podcasting or just social media or just marketing, I, like I got to put it all together. Mm-hmm. I can't just focus too much on one thing. I have to be good at all those things. Cause while I might like to do certain things more than others, what does the, what does the industry need? What does the marketplace need? And how can I use my skills to service the need in the marketplace rather than to just try and do what I want and make everybody be a fan of that. Because at the end of the day, that's what I like to do. It's not necessarily what the market needs. And I think that uh, as entertainers or even just as business people, when you're, when you have a skill, it's important to assess how that skill is a solution for people rather than how that skill makes you happy. Cause I, I I'm all about being happy and following your dreams and pursuing your passions. I'm a big fanatic on that, but you also have to understand that how is your skill providing a solution for people right. or you can't get paid doing it. Set the expectations. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, you've, you played Gary V invited you, but it probably didn't start raining money the next day. Right. Like, no, so, not at you all. Know, you know, obviously yeah. that was a great moment and everything, but you also got to recognize, you know, it's, it takes time and, and there's momentum yeah. that has to be built up. So for sure. 
Cool. So, hey, guys, um, and Adam, I'm going to let you start on this one. Paul, you chime in. But you guys obviously have a niche, um, and specifically it's geared towards real estate investors, um, estate planning, um, and just being proactive kind of with your investments. You also do – you, you build out PPMs. You do security yep. pieces too. Or, yeah, Rivers. right? Um, so you do a little bit of everything across the board. But um, specifically – you know, I'm a, I'm a syndicator. Um, so we're in, we're in multi, I'm in multiple syndications. Um, I, uh, I own obviously real estate in various areas of, uh, about three different States going on four. um, you know, number of different things. Right. And I think what it comes down to my wife and I have a great relationship. Like we love each other. I love my wife beyond measure. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not always something we talk about. Like I'm a hustler. I, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, I got, a, I got, you know, three different businesses that I'm doing. She, she knows a little bit about it. I'm bringing her in a little bit, but she doesn't know everything. Right. So at one point I get on a plane and I, I was like, if this thing goes down, she, she doesn't know much. Right. What are, what are some steps if you could give top three steps to a uh, real estate investor syndicator um, of what, what that looks like proactive planning before you, uh, before you kick the can. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So um, you, as far as your stuff goes, uh, there there are two ways to do that. If someone passes away and something is owned is owned by that individual who's passed away, like you own your business interest, I presume, right? So you have interest in an LLC or a number of LLCs. Mm -hmm. Then that, if it doesn't handle it within the LLC, how that gets transferred, that would have to go to a probate court who oversees the transfer of that asset just like they have to oversee the transfer of like a bank account or a house or whatever it might be. And so there's, you have to address that fact that like, if you were to pass away, what would happen to that stuff? Well, if nothing happens to it within the organization, you can, you can set up your business in certain ways um, where it can transfer to whomever you name, or it would have to go to the probate court and that would go to a will if you have a will. If you don't have a will, then you just follow what every most states, at least Ohio, um, and the most states have state statutes that say first it goes to a wife, then to heirs, children, and then if not them, it branches out to the rest of the family or relations. And and so anyway, that, so so that'd be if you didn't have a will, then the court has to figure out what to do, and that's that's they just follow state law. But the important thing is just kind of sitting down and kind of getting an idea of what you have. You know, like you you mentioned uh, earlier that like. You know, you might have insurance policies, but if your spouse doesn't know where to find them, then, you know, it, it's a headache to try to figure that out or, or it winds up in like an unclaimed fund, you know, somewhere or something along those lines. Um, and so you just got to first, the first thing is organize what you have, you know, get a good idea of that, get a file. You can get all the, you know, there's, there's worksheets and stuff you can put together um, just to organize. So, you know what you have, then look at, you know, how, how that's titled. There's a lot of non-probate ways to title things, transfer on death or payable on death. Bank accounts are the most common people hear of or in real estate, um, survivorship deeds. Um, so that's that's how you could have things titled for for personal things. Um, and, and so you just have to sit down and figure out how things are, are titled and then what's the route they can take to not have to be tied up in probate court and be at the mercy of whatever that means is, you know, it, it can be chaotic, but most of all, it's just a lot of headache for, for everybody who survives you. You know, if, if you leave that, that uh, additional burden of, of the, of, you know, not knowing what's going on, then somebody has got to sort all that out. And that's, that's obviously not something people are, are looking to do. Um, so, so those, the main thing is uh, look at your business structure and then look at your will, 
You can do a healthcare pop attorney. The, the healthcare docs are important in Ohio. They have the bar has put together some of those. You can do those at your living will, and which is about last directives and your healthcare power of attorney that gives, if you aren't able to speak for yourself, that gives your spouse or a trusted person the right to speak on your behalf. And then um, if you wanna do durable power of attorneys, you can have those broad, you can limit them to specific business transactions or things like that, but powers of attorney in both business and then a power of attorney for healthcare. Um, those are the four we, we really recommend for everybody. Once you start getting in higher assets, then you start looking at tax planning and trusts and, and a little more complicated things. But if you don't have anything, you know, today, this afternoon, start making plans. Um, Cause a lot of times it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then it, three months passes and then you like, Oh, got to do it again. So, you know, and <laughs> six months, finally, six months later, you talk to, you finally no, talk my to plane's you. going down. Oh no. I mean, that's like percent <laughs> of people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but that's like 80% of people we talk to. It takes months and months to finally do it. And, and uh, so do it yesterday. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Paul, you anything and, I, there, and, and man, this, this will be easy. Have your wife call and we will tell her how she can get paid doing estate planning for Florida people. And then, uh, but um, practically speaking, you get an inventory sheet. Like we could send one to you guys. We could post it to your page or whatever for anybody that's listening. But Absolutely. it's basically just have an inventory and it's just got more stuff than you have. Probably it's more stuff, way more stuff than I have. And just by looking at the words and looking at the investment product or whatever it is, insurance, it'll, it'll give you a chance to be like, okay, you know, your wife basically needs to know, or your family or whoever it is, if you're, if you're not married, needs to know, like, who is your insurance agent? So it's like, you know, Hey, Paul Vincent, you know, something bad happens to him. He wrote down somewhere that he, you know, Steve Smith is the insurance guy. So you at least just know, need to know where to start. Yeah. So practically get an inventory sheet together and go through that. The second, uh, I think more important than even an inventory sheet is a password. Mm -hmm. uh, app that will keep track of all your electronic data. That's where the big nightmare is because the problem without having a password is that if you're not part of the bank account or you're not part of the insurance or the healthcare or whatever it might be, um, you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to make a call and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm Paul's brother or I'm Paul's wife. Yeah, you're locked out at that point. Yeah. So you need, you need to use either Apple as a great, you know, I think it's called like key something. I can't remember what it is, but, but everybody's got a good password. There's an app for your phone or there's uh, an app on your, on your uh, web. If you use Google Chrome or if you use Safari or whatever it is, but you need well, to make sure your passwords. Yeah. You need to make sure your passwords are in good shape. Cause that's, yeah. that's the biggest pain in the ass. Try to unlock, you know, how to get into a number of things. So I think that would, that would be good. And like Adam said, simple estate plans cover everybody. You can get super complex if you want to be nitpicky, but every billionaire, millionaire, uh, popper should have a simple estate plan. And when you go through that, it will prepare you for, you know, the unlikely event, something terrible happens. So. Yeah. And, and I'll just add one last important thing. If, if people need more motivation, especially if you have minor kids, um, mm -hmm. the conversation you have with your spouse is very important and, and it's something you need to have and, and outside of outside of talking to a couple of boring estate lawyers, like you said, you don't just, you just don't have these conversations. Um, yeah. But as far as guardians and, and setting up a trust for the kids and who's in charge of those things, who are the trusted people you can put in those roles. Um, that's, that's an important element of a will is that you, you, you name those, those people uh, within the will um, um, who would be a guardian, who would be a trustee uh, for minor kids. So that's, that's an important element of it too. Yeah. I always tell people, and this is maybe part of the reason why like 
I just go for whatever is because I'm like, I don't know how I made it till 21, but I'm living on borrowed time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, It's like any guy I feel like that makes it to 21, they're like, oh, shoot, man, I, got, I made it to 21. Now it's just borrowed time. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's good. So I do want to ask one more question to dig a little bit deeper into that, because I know that there's, uh, I know that there's truth and uh, some validity to this and, and I even like would like to speak a little bit more articulately about this, but so there's a difference between obviously a living trust and then a will. Um, and how do you obviously decipher those things? And then um, how do you stay out of probate for somebody that actually has some estates, they don't want it to be taken into probate. Um, you know, what, it, what is that? What is that first step not to be taken into probate? I think you guys kind of hit on that, but if just to dig in that a little bit more, uh, Paul, if you want to take that and Adam, if you want to chime in. Yeah, sure. So assets, um, transfer by by either agreement, you know, there's some sort of contractual obligation, like an insurance company has this beneficiary. So the insurance company says, hey, you know, I agree to give this money to Matt's wife if he were to pass away or by probate court. So the great majority of assets uh, transfer um, by that contractual uh, deal. The, you know, state legislatures have done a great job. Businesses um, have done a great job in, in making that possible. So like real estate, all real estate can transfer that pro probate court. Cars can transfer, bank accounts can transfer, uh, insurance products, financial products, almost any asset um, that you own can transfer uh, without probate, but you have to do the, the couple of things. So um, the, the most important and the simplest way to stay out of probate court is to, like, like Adam had mentioned, um, have an inventory of your stuff and then look at that stuff either on your own if you think you're sophisticated enough to understand if you can transfer it that way or call um, a lawyer or a financial advisor, um, somebody that can, can walk you through that stuff. So staying out of probate court is really easy. The only time it ever happens is um, some weird article, you know, like family owns paint or you know a painting or um or they forgot to transfer the car you know even for cars at least in ohio and i'm sure in most other states your spouse can just get the car transferred to their name by paying a few bucks at the dmv so um but you have to you have to first know what you have and then yes or no on whether it can transfer without probate and i can't think of anything right now that that you can't set up to transfer it probate so right yeah, like Paul said, it's just it comes down to the, if it, if it has a title and that there's usually a contractual way or or, or a way to get that transferred upon death. Um, and and there, but there's obviously some stuff you don't have a title for, like you know collections or particular things. And and if if it if the family or you know or folks around around uh, are arguing about who's that's supposed to go to, then that might be a you know a reason that a court has to oversee it. But most things you can figure out what they call non probate transfers. Yeah. Uh, and so. Adam, Adam mentioned earlier about the, like an LLC transfer. You want to make sure your operating agreement has some for that. So any, any listener that's using, um, you know, that owns a business or uh, is thinking about owning a business or has a spouse that owns a business, you want to make sure that there is a mechanism that their interest goes somewhere. Uh, most times they're set up where, you know, the other partner's going to pay some percent of the fair market value. But that gets super annoying, or you may not want to. Like Matt, your your syndications where you own a piece, and it's and you know the, uh, the plan for the syndication is like long term wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So you may not want if you just bought a property at the value add stage, and it's going to be worth you know thirty or forty percent more five years from now. You may not want your wife to own you know your percent of the unpolished 
asset. You want her to either own it forever, so she enjoys the benefit of it, you know, 20 years from now, mm -hmm. or it needs to be specified that like, hey, you you know, you only want it transferred to her upon stabilization or, or some other benchmark. So um, these are just things you got to think about. And, and that's the example there to illustrate is is if it's if there's nothing done, even if even if the company says, hey, we want to buy out this person's interest, they just died. And the, and the, the agreement says upon death, we have the option to buy you out and we want to do that. Well, where does that money go is is the issue because it, it it belonged to to the person who's passed away well that means it belongs to the estate so which is, is something that has to go to the yeah, court it's not so that, the issue is not just who it goes to but also the fact that um it, it doesn't have to go to a probate court to transfer to that person um, and if, if nothing's spelled out um within the agreement then the probate court has to oversee uh any transfer that is being held by the deceased person's estate, you know, the, um, and so, so that's why it's, it's important to get in there. This oh, is, oh, <laughs> I didn't put you to sleep. You, fire. you put yourself to sleep. And really good stuff, but um, I, to go, to kind of go back originally to the, uh, you know, the purpose is I'm a big believer beginning with the end in mind. Um, I actually, uh, I wrote out like a eulogy for myself. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Um, beginning kind of with that end in mind is the mentality that I have, but this is literally planning for the end in mind, literally, right? Matt's so, getting a little more. Yeah, literally planning for the end yeah, in mind. This guy really is on borrowed time. So sure. uh, it's, uh, well, no, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I uh, I got the uh, honor of uh, uh, doing the eulogy for my grandfather and it's it made me kind of like my wheels started turning. Like what it, when they put me six feet under, what do I want my, you know, somebody to say about me? So um, I think that's why I even do this, right? Um, this is kind of just really, really good content for people to, to number one, just grab hold of. You don't need to know everything, but you need to know the person that does know everything, right? Or knows right. everything about that specific uh, skill yep. set in that kind of Padafore mentioned. But uh, guys, man, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys. Um, I appreciate your content. I love the content too, where you uh, Adam was out of the office and you dressed up the chair, Paul. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that oh, so good? Yeah. There was a golf course one recently too that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, too. we do. We do. You got some clever guys. stuff out there. Some good it's, stuff. It's entertaining. It's entertaining because it's so poorly done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Hey, I want to oh, I want to blow Pat's mind. I know with a belt buckle that I'm wearing uh, right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go, baby. <laughs> I just took it off. Yeah. It doesn't get any more American than the Vincent. No, it doesn't get great. doesn't get any more all American. Hey, well, guys, last question for you guys, Adam. Tell us where they uh, the people can find you, where they can follow you, uh, what your handle is, um, where how they can reach out to you. Uh, let them know. I'm totally the social media guy. Uh, no, actually, uh, Paul Vincent on Facebook. No, we uh, Vincent Esquire is our uh, company name. So VincentEsquire.com or VincentESQ.com. Um, is our website, uh, but probably Facebook um, is the is the easiest way to follow along and see these poorly produced videos. It's good stuff. Filling your filling yeah, your Facebook feed. Um, there yeah, it is and, on the screen. VincentTSQ.com, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. Very cool. Visit our visit our website that I put together about five years ago in about three hours. We should have. Um, Geo Cities action, a little Geo Cities. Uh, we did, uh, we did the Wix. Wix there you go, um, there you go. So yeah, no man, appreciate you guys uh, having us on. And and it's funny, Matt, you talk about that perspective of like talking about a eulogy or something. It's funny when you like our older brother. He was our best friend. He was uh, you know nicer than us and better looking and all that. But he passed away when he was only thirty four. 
and you do get a, a not to continue down the weird world of morbidity, but oh, absolutely. Um, uh, like that totally changed it for us. That ended up happening. Maybe, you know, he passed away in 2013. We opened up this shop in 2016, right? Adam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, that's when it was like, what the hell are we doing here? Um, mm. And, and you hope that it's not like a close family, uh, you know, relative to pass away to kind of change that perspective. But if you're lucky enough, get ahead of the game now um, yeah. to understand, like, you know, you can be on a plane and, and shit can go sideways real fast. So I don't know where I'm going with that other than to suck the life. Well, out you of just want to be prepared. More. It's just but, like we talked about earlier and anything you're trying to do, you have to be prepared. And, and when yeah. you're not prepared or you're not putting in the work, then you get caught off guard or you don't get the right result for you or your yeah. family. So yeah. it kind of all ties together. All the entrepreneur you know, guruisms end up being true in the end. It's like you get what you put in. So if you're right. focused like with, with this result in mind, we just got a, a life insurance policy for our family a few months ago. I mean, yeah, every man. other person I know has had life insurance for like 10 years. I'm like the last person to get it, but we have it now because I have two kids now too. A, uh, uh, she'll be one in November and another one that'll be three in November. So it's like, yeah. You know, it's well, time uh, to start preparing. Well, if something hard, happens yeah. to old man, I, I'm worth more. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. Yeah, so join the club. If we want to go join there, the we join might. The club. <laughs> you know what, what? What I think what makes it hard to do things like insurance and estate planning and all that stuff is that you hope it's a total waste of money, right? right. So it's kind of like, well, it seems like I'll waste that money next year because you know I'm not going to get run over by a car or I'm not going to, yeah. you know, whatever. So now it's hard. Yeah, the yeah. life insurance especially is like. You hope it's a total waste of money, but, but it's yeah. something you got to think do. about because yeah, we're at that point in life where we want to be prepared. So yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a kind of a selfless thing too. So right. it's For a sure. beautiful thing too. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. Have a great weekend. Follow the Vincent brothers. If you love America, success stories and greatness, and we will see you next time. Thanks boys. You guys.